And in our message today, we're going to be uh, uh, going over uh, our message of, of DNA, who, who we are and what we are supposed to do. Who are we as, as cross-life students? What is, what is our DNA? What, what makes up our, like, our like, core? What, what is it all about? And that's what we're going to be going over today. So um, for those who don't know me, um, I am like, as you can tell, um, <laughs> everybody's a comedian, uh, but not everybody's funny. You know what I'm saying? Um, but here's the thing. Um, uh, as you could tell, as you can see, I am the specimen of athleticism. Uh, I, I am like, you know, like, look at that. Like, um, like Hunter was, Hunter came up to me the other day and he's like, how'd you, how'd you get so strong? And I was like, <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, um, I, I played football, and that, that was probably, I played a lot of different sports, played a lot of different sports, but uh, football was probably um, my favorite to play because, uh, like, it was basically me, like, doing this and hitting people, right? So, like, I didn't have to, like, do a lot, you know, like, I get to put pads on and hit people, you know, like, it was awesome. So, I, I, I started playing when I was li- uh, a little bit younger, I was, like, eight, I think, when I started playing football and uh, enjoyed it. And I got a call, like, I think it was like a call, or my, my coach came up to me, and he's like, hey, uh, I want you to be the center. I was like, okay, what's that? Uh, and so, and it for th- who knows football? Who, who here knows football? Who here is like, uh, fo- soccer is the real football because soccer is football for the rest of the world, okay? All right, for shame. Um, anyways, um, but anyways, <laughs> um, so he's like, hey, you're going to be the center. And basically, the center, if you know anything about football, there's the, the big fat men on the, on the line. And the, and the fattest guy, the fattest guy is holding the ball, and he's going, huh, and he's just, like, hitting people. Like, he's just going, huh, and looking for someone to hit, right? So uh, you're going you're gonna to be the center. And I was like, all oh, right, that's so cool. I found out later, like, that the next practice, I, I, he chose me to be a center, not because, like, I was good, but I was the fattest on the team. So... Um, he's like, mm, fat guy, be center. Uh, and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, but the coolest thing about center was not the fact that I got to play or hike the ball. That was really cool. Um, not like, I was like the only lineman to touch the ball. <laughs> um, but I got to yell huddle. Um, and I have a loud voice, okay? And my, my loud voice gets me in trouble eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, like, I'm just talking normal, and they're like, would you please stop talking so loud, right? Um, but here's the thing. Uh, I have a really loud voice, and the, the greatest thing about being center is that I get to call the huddle. And the huddle is basically, after the play happens, and they, like, are like, <laughs> tackle. Um, they're like, okay, the play's dead. And then everybody huddles up. How you know it's going to huddle? Because you got the big fat kid in the middle going, huddle! And, like, that's what I got to do. And I got to do that a thousand times during the game. And it was awesome, right? And the huddle was, like, a meeting time where it was a lot of purpose. And it was, like, it was, it was a great time because, like, we just got done. And whether we did a good job or whether um, they, they blamed the linemen for everything, uh, we got to um, huddle up understand what's happening, and then we could go out and we could do the next play. 
And I got to do that, like, I was a, I was a, a center all the way, like, up through uh, until I was in high school, and then I became a guard. Now, come high school, like, I was more of the smaller person on the team. I know that's really surprising to happen. Like, a lineman, I was, like, pretty small on the team. And we were playing one our, my junior year. I was, I don't take questions, but I'll take yours. Oh, you, uh, okay. So, um, anyways, look at me. Um, so we're on my senior, on my senior, my junior year, right? I'm not, I'm not a starter. Um, I'm not a starter, um, and uh, I'm, and it's our rival game. It's the most important game of of the year. Uh, it's called the Jug Bowl, like the jug or the Jug game, and like no lie, there was this like old like think backwoods like hillbilly jug like and we would pass this jug back and forth to the schools and we would carve our like little eek into the into the jug y'all i'm like redneck school city right like we had tractor day where everyone drove their tractors to school like that's the tr- school i went to right so we're we're there and i'm like standing on the sidelines and like usually i kind of want to play and like I'm just I'm just so happy I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm like I'm so happy I'm not out there because our like rivals, like there was something in the water that made them like Goliaths, and they were like <laughs> eat you, and then like and then, then then they would eat you, and then they would like you would like go away, right? And like and so uh, there was a guy on the line. He was the by far the biggest, the baddest, the toughest. The meanest on the field guy on our football team. He was huge. He was like muscle, was like muscle, 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 muscle. Off the field, nicest guy. On the field, terrified. Like so happy he was on my team, right? He gets hurt by another guy. That's how big they are, right? And like I'm like, oh, who's hurt? And then I hear, like, the worst, like, thing I could hear. And, like, there, and my coach goes, Tommy! I'm like, oh, what? Get out there. I was like, I got to finish my orange. Um, and so, like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, like, it's, like, a bigger position that I've never even practiced for. So I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, show no fear, show no fear. And that, that was basically my whole sports career. Show no fear, show no fear. And so my face is like, <laughs> but in my mind, I was going, <laughs> And so we get into our huddle, right? And our huddle is where we get our game plan, our, our focus, what we got, we got going on. And everyone's looking at me, and I'm like, and, like, everybody's, like, there, and they're, like, all, like, they have no confidence in me, which is a great confidence booster for me. Like, it's, like, great. They know I'm going to fail. Um, and so uh, they looked at me, and they, they looked at me, like, Tommy, are you ready? Like, are you ready to go? Like, are you, like, are you ready to do this? And, like, like, in my mind and in my heart, I was like, let's go. Like, you know, I was, like, pumped, and I was like, let's go. It didn't come out that way. It kind of came out like this. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, that's literally, I was like, ah! Uh, this high-pitched screaming squeal. And, and like, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm never living that down. And I never did. And, um, and so... Uh, we went into there, I don't remember a lot from that other than me just screaming and going, <laughs> all right, and then looking up and going, you're so big, and then like getting pummeled into the ground. 
Uh, needless to say, we lost that game badly. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just as a huddle, just as a huddle is a time to gather, a time to meet, a, t- a serious moment, a serious time for a team. Because you need to understand what's going to happen. It is necessary for that team to get together at least a few downs or what's ever happening so that they can understand what to do next. They understand what their purpose is for the next play. They understand what their purpose is down the road. The church and their gathering of the church does somewhat of the same thing. So what is the student ministry? The student ministry, this student ministry is a part of the church. This student ministry is a small portion of what Cross Life Church is to the community. You are a part of the church. Now, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you realize that he died on a cross for you so that you could have a relationship with him and he rose again so that you could believe in him and you wouldn't have to die, but you could be with him forever. You are a part of the church. If you're not, if you're not and and you haven't accepted him, that's that's okay. I hope that you do one day. But here's the thing. You are enjoying what Jesus did with his people. You're not really a part, but you, you, you're like, you're like the, the, the friend that comes over and people are like, hey, what's up? Let's come on over. And like you could become part of the family, but you just haven't yet. So you are a part of the church. But what is the church? The church is the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Romans uh, six, chapter 6 Uh, Chapter 16, verses 17, expresses that you are a body of Christ, meaning that you are together. You are together. You're connected with one another through Christ. That you are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, expresses that believers in Christ are the temple of God because they have the Holy Spirit within them. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. God is dwelling within you, making you a temple of the Lord. The church is the bride of Christ, married to God, married to Christ, meaning that you are bounded together because of what Christ did for you. And all three of those things, when it's expressing what the, uh, what the church is, is things that shouldn't be done separated. A body is better when you have, like, all arms, legs, feet, hands, um, like, head together. A body doesn't work when the head's not there, right? Like, <laughs> dead, you know, like... Um, the body is together. The temple is better when it, the, when the, like a brick and mortar building is better when those bricks are together. A husband and wife are stronger when they're together. You see, because of this, we have to meet. We need to meet. We need to understand why to meet. And I'm not talking about just going to a Christian school. That's great if you do. But you don't go there to solely worship God. You go there to learn math and reading and writing and all that, which is good. But you need a time where you can come together and you can worship Jesus together. 
And our story, we start in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there now. Um, but I'm going to kind of go over an overview, and this is, this is what I want you to do. If, like, homework, okay? If you want to have some homework, and you're like, this is church, how dare you give me homework? Um, deal with it, okay? Um, I, I don't know what to say. Um, read Acts chapter 2, all right? The whole thing, it's awesome. It's really cool. You get to see, full, see the full picture, and I, basically, I'm just giving you like, um, and you can go, all right? So here's the thing. This is such a cool, this is such a cool chapter because we get to see the first church, the church, um, the first church that happens after Christ is uh, buried, after Christ has died on the cross, after he rose again, and as he, as he was ascended into heaven, we get to see the church happening. We get to see a count of real historical facts of what the church is happening. And what's happening is that people are coming to know God. And because they are coming to know God, the Holy Spirit is coming upon them. And there's signs that the Holy Spirit is with them. The Holy Spirit, who is also God, he's, he's with them. And because he's with them, they start to act different. They're speaking in different languages because it's a huge sign that something's happening. And other people are around them going, what in the world is up with those crazy people? What is going on? And like they're talking in different languages and they're like, woohoo! And they're like, hey, how are you doing? And, they're, and like some people are like, some people are like, man. Whatever's happening with that, that's awesome. They're, ha they're having a great time. Maybe, maybe something's happening. And other people are like, no, they are drunk. <laughs> they are like not, not like coherent at all. Right? And so Peter, Peter, one of uh, uh, that, that Jesus said, I will build, your, build my church upon you, um, that I will use you to build my church. Peter heard them talking and he gives a message. Purified water, fantastic for the hydration of <laughs> mouth, neck, and throat. Buy some purified water. <laughs> All right, focus. All right, uh, uh, that, that message was brought to you by purified water. Uh, now we're getting back into our message. All right, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. They say, wow, what is happening? What is happening? And Peter looks at them. Peter starts preaching to them. Peter starts talking to them. And he says, do you remember Jesus Christ? The ones that you crucified. The ones that you crucified. Now, there might be people in there, and he might be talking about those who, who have maybe sinned, and because of their sins, Jesus was crucified. And he's also remembered, this, is, this, a few, this isn't like very long after Jesus ascended. This isn't very long after Jesus was crucified. He's probably talking to a lot of people who actually crucified Jesus. They were the ones saying, no, give us Barabbas, take him to the cross, kill him. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They were the ones in that crowd. And he's saying this, remember that, remember that Jesus, the one that you crucified? Well, he died and he rose again. Not for just these people, but for you. 
not for just these people, for, for you. And he, and he talks about how, how Jesus walked the earth and he walked a blameless life and that he is the son of God and that he died for you so that you could know God. And those people are like, a lot of those people said, brothers, what shall we do? In chapter, uh, chapter 2 of Acts, at the end of verse 37. In verse 38, it says this. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's the cool thing about the church. Here's the cool thing about the church. The church was started, formed with the very same people that crucified him. The church was started and formed, and, and people started to grow by the very same people who were right there. They saw him, and they pointed, and they said, you crucify him. And when they asked, what should we do? Peter tells them to repent. Be baptized. You see, none of us were actually there. Um, if you were, you'd be like so old, like you'd be ancient. You probably wouldn't be coherent. You'd probably be like, where's my banana? You know, like, mm, like, oh. Oh, tell us about, like, the ancient biblical times. And you, you'd be like, bah! right, because you'd be so old. Um, some of us probably, you, so you weren't there, but guess what? The Bible expresses that he died for you, meaning that because of our sins, because of our sins, we put him on the cross. Because of our sins, we put him on the cross. You see, God knew you before you were born. He knew who you were when he was on that cross. He knows your worst. He knows the, the pain, the torture that you're going through. He knows what you're doing for pain, and the, the pain and torture in your own life. He knows the bad circumstances that you might are, be in. And he knows all. And he died because he loves you. And he rose again because he's a living God. So that we could be living. And it's very simple. We repent. We follow then, and, and, and the Holy Spirit comes, comes upon us, and we are baptized. We follow him. We show that the world that we are believers. And this is what happens. This is what they started to do. In chapter uh, uh, 2, verses... Um, uh, 20, uh, 42. And these same people, and the groups that they, he was just talking about, the people who accepted Christ, they said, and they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And they started going to different things. In verse 45, it talks about that they were um, uh, going uh, to 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 like each other's houses and the, these verses are, they were going to each other's houses they were having bible studies they were going to the temple they were worshiping god there because they didn't build like like 
here's the church, here's the people, open the doors, this is how the people. They didn't build any of that. They would have the temple, right? So they were going to the temple. They were formally worshiping. They were, were like fellowshipping every day with each other. They were together. They were together. They were giving to the homeless. They weren't thinking of themselves for a change, but they were thinking of others. It says this in verse 45, 46, sorry. In 47, it talks about that God added to their numbers daily. We are a church, we are a student body where we want to meet and we want to worship Jesus. Who are we? What's the student ministry about? We are here to glorify God. We want to talk about Jesus. We want to pray to Jesus. We want to have fun in Jesus' name. We want to lift people up. We want to grow in our lives closer to Jesus. We want to love people because Jesus loved us. We are a group wanting to be focused and have our identity in Jesus. But we just don't meet just to meet. This isn't a country club. This isn't like, okay, I'm a member, I paid my dues, now I get to chill out, and I get to eat, like, the cool snacks, and I get to go to the, the, the trips, and I, like, I, I get to go to camp, and we get to have some fun, and it's a great group, and it's like a club at school, right? And it's so much fun, or maybe you don't like it, and you're like, oh, my parents make me come here, or what, whatever it might be. We are not a group that just meets to meet. We are a group that meets so that we can go out and we could fill a mission. And next week, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what we need to be doing as believers. And we're going to get into uh, what exactly are all these locks on the stage. Maybe we're going to refocus on what they are and, and keep on going. We are a, a group, a believing, professing group that loves Jesus and wants to see Jesus glorified in all that we do. So as the band comes up and we get ready to close, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. And this is the question. You ready? You ready? Are you a part of the church? You don't, have to, you don't have to say anything out loud, but, like, are you a part of the church? I'm not talking about your parents. I'm not talking about asking you if you're, if you're a part of the church. I'm not, I'm not even asking if, if you come here every, every Wednesday and every Sunday. I'm not asking if you've been in church your whole life. I'm not asking if this is maybe your first time in a church building. I'm, that's, that's not what I mean by when I ask, are you a part of the church? What I'm asking is, are you a part?
part of the body of Christ. Do you know God? Do you know God on a personal level? You're in middle school now. Maybe it's been your first week, first couple weeks of middle school and it's been tough. Maybe it's been, it's been awesome. Maybe you're in eighth grade and it's just the same old, same old. And you've been doing this for two and a half years and you're just kind of like in the routine, whatever it might be. But guess what? The faith that you have is not your parents. The faith that you have is not your friends. The faith that you have needs to be yours. It needs to be yours. just like those people asked, what do I do? What do we do? What do you do now that you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? What do you do now that you know that Jesus lived a perfect life and rose again so that you could be with him? What do you do now that you know that you can accept the Holy Spirit as your, as your Savior, you can accept God as your Savior, and you can live a life with him for eternity, that you can go to heaven and worship him for eternity. What do you do now that you know that? You repent or you don't. It's very simple. Where is your heart? Where are you? I'm sure that there's people in here that don't know God, that you're just like, I'm, and I'm glad, I'm so glad you're here. You belong here. This is, this is our, your spot. But let me tell you, we want you to be a part of our family. How do you do that? You repent of your sins, meaning you ask forgiveness of your sins, you turn away from your sins, and you confess them to God, and you ask God to be your Lord and Savior. And, you, and you're saved from that. You're saved from the pain, the sin, the world, and all that torment. You can do that today want to know how to do that more, come find me, come find uh, one of the leaders, we'd love to talk to you about that. Also, some of you have already done that, you've already done that, you've accepted Christ, you've done all that, you know that you're a Christian, you've got that, you've got that solid, but yet, they, like, the people looking at you, they want to go, wow, what's different with that person? Is that person like, what, what's that person's, what, what's that person's problem? Why are they so kind? Why are they so loving? Why do they go to church all the time? Like, what's their deal? Some of you aren't there. Because they want to tell the difference. Because you're really not living your life for Christ. You're living your life for you. You're living your life for your friends. What do you do? You repent. You repent and you run to God. So I'm going to pray. And if you need to do that come right up to the front of the stage and you can pray to God. You can kneel down right here and pray to God. Uh, let me pray. Dear Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for who you, what you're doing here. And Lord, I thank you that you saved me. You came into my life and you showed me that I was a sinner and that I needed you. And Lord, I just pray for that person in here that doesn't know you. I pray that tonight they can come to know you. I pray that you'd be working in their hearts this week. Lord, I just pray that there'd be someone here that realizes that they need to live for you. 
They need to follow you, God. And Lord, thank you so much for this time that we have. Protect us as we go out and throughout our week.